All right, bradcooney.com in association with 8CN Networks. As always, it's honored to have in Congressman Greg Harper. Congressman, thanks for joining us today. Oh, glad to be with you again, Brad. And, uh, and it's certainly been uh, great since the Tuesday elections, and uh, life is good, and I'm actually looking forward to going back to Washington. Yeah, you know, it was it was not only a good day for the Republican Party, it was a good day for America. Um, the country and the people spoke clearly that they were going in the wrong direction. They wanted a change, and they voted so. Um, landslide victory, too. Give me your thoughts on, on last Tuesday's results. Well, you've already begun to see the spin uh, by the administration and by Democrats say, well, this is just a sign that the country wants uh, people to, wants Congress to work with the president. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a complete repudiation of the president's policies and his behavior and the fact that you cannot get the truth out of this administration on any issue, of even the, certainly the big issues you can forget about it with Benghazi and the IRS, fast and furious, the list goes on with what's happening and the, and the inability to get the, the truth. But I, I think it's clear that this wasn't uh, an isolated or a local issue. This was a national referendum on the president's policy, and he has come up wanting. And uh, and this is this is an incredible victory uh, for the country. I'm not going to say for the Republicans. I think it's a great victory for the country mm -hmm. uh, and to have a, a pickup of seven. And I, I, I believe we're going to get Alaska, and certainly think we'll win uh, Louisiana. We could wind up at the end of the day with 54 Senate seats. And in the House, there's still a couple that are being, uh, you know, that have to go through some things, some in runoff situations. But at the end of the day, we're going to probably wind up with, uh, you know, a net gain of at least 15 in the House, which is, these are historic numbers uh, that we're looking at. And we may wind up with 246, 247 members in the House and potentially 54 in the Senate. And finally, uh, the frustration that we've had in the House the last four years uh, you know, with these bills that we that are good bills now are going to get a look over in the Senate. So it, it's a it's a great day. Can't wait to the first quarter of the year where we'll begin to see how things shake out. You know, and when you start flipping normal Democrat liberal governorships like in Massachusetts and in Maryland, Illinois, the president's home state, all went to Republican governors. That also speaks very very loudly. Now you mentioned. Um, um, about having the control now, it's vital that the Republicans can can govern um, with with this control in the Senate and 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 the, and the, and the Congress. Um, or you know, it could be a bad day in 2016 because for the Republicans, because the country may you know flip to the other side. So what 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 are the, what are the plans? Get into the plans that the GOP has now that we have the power. Well, you know, we've been doing uh, our our job blocking and tackling on the House side without any help from the Senate. We had over 380-plus bills right. that passed the House that just never got a look in the, in the Senate. And so now one of the biggest things is we can now pass a budget. Mm. Instead of it being where the House passed the budget, the Senate did nothing, we had to come back with an omnibus, that actually can be a really positive deal. So here's what I've been really impressed with is the fact that John Boehner, Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, the House leadership, they sat down and started talking in August and September, okay, what's going to be our agenda if the Senate goes to the Republicans? Because you know there's 
majority. Sure. And we don't want to waste three or four months while they're getting up and running. We don't want to waste three or four months of the legislative calendar. So they've targeted some things that are no-brainers that I think are important to move forward. And, and I think at the top of the list, you're going to see a Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, I believe we have a veto-proof margin if it'll just come up for a vote. Uh, the House and the Senators and Democrats that have supported this, labor, labor unions support this for the most part. So it has broad broad bipartisan support. It makes perfect sense uh, from a, a matter of uh, energy security in the country. Let's do this. Uh, that'll be one of the first things. Now, you know, we all want Obamacare to be repealed in its entirety. Uh, the, the reality is this president's not going to sign off on that piece of legislation, nor do we have a veto-proof margin. But that doesn't mean we quit trying. And you're going to see some specific attacks legislatively that can ease the pain uh, while we're waiting on a Republican president who will sign off on a complete repeal. But one of those would be a repeal of the medical device tax, which right. is an incredible burden upon a big segment of our industry that actually puts that tax uh, on them. Uh, it's on the gross revenues, not on the profits, but on the gross revenues. And we've got we got over 400,000 people in that industry, and uh, and this is an additional 20, I think $29 billion tax that's on that industry. So that's something I think we could repeal, uh, and I believe we could override that veto if he vetoes that. And, you know, another thing is, is damaging is Obamacare, and this was passed uh, the year before I came into Congress, was the Dodd-Frank uh, Act. Mm-hmm. Now, the president's not going to sign off on a veto of that. However, there is a part of that, the CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, that is a disaster for, you name any segment of our uh, business, whether it's banks, whether it's uh, realtors, or, or anything that has to do with anything on the financial end, uh, this is an out-of-control agency that's been created, and I know there's going to be a push to eliminate the CFPB. Good news. My brother's going to be glad to hear that because he's a, he's a realtor up in Connecticut, um, um, so I'm sure he, he'll take an interest in that. Now, you mentioned about 300 and something bills that sat on Harry Reid's desk. Harry Reid got fired. Um, he, he the people the, the people are just sick and tired of the gridlock, um, and it looks like Mitch McConnell's going to be the new majority leader. Um, and it's good that that um, it seems like, like you said, there's there's there's, there's more um, there's more Republicans at the top of the, of the of the food chain that are that are in cohesiveness with one another again. Um, that's going to be big. It's going to be huge, especially with the 2016 is going to get here quick. Now you mentioned um, there's things we can do as far as Republicans um, with with Obamacare. What about the power of the purse? Because that is controlled by Congress, right? Isn't that, don't we have the power of the purse? Can we use that? Yeah, and, and certainly now that we're all together, the only way to deal with it, you know, was our futile attempt at a, at a government shutdown back in October of 13, mm-hmm. which when that was all said and done with, we were arguing over only 17% of the budget, by the way. <laughs> and, and the bad news about that timing of that government shutdown was the fact that we we became Hurricane Sandy for the president because that coincided with the exact time of the rollout of Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And they were able to hide hide from all the bad news that should have been on front page because of what we were going through. So, 
now that you have the House and the Senate, you can do some things. But the reality of this, Brad, is, is this. Unless we're willing to do something about the entitlement spending and mandatory spending, there's not enough discretion or discretionary items to balance the budget. So here's what I want. I want us to move towards a balanced budget so that every year we're spending no more than what our revenue is. If the state of Mississippi, where we live, can do that, surely our country can do that. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's something that we want to move towards. And, you know, I'll give you one, one uh, specific example. It's a small agency, but it's a, it's a, it's a burr in the saddle for me, and that is the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, is an agency that I've been trying to get eliminated since I got there. It was a, supposed to last for three years. It came about after the uh, uh, HAVA, the Help America the Vote Act, after the Bush War recount. This was the agency that provided money for machines so we wouldn't have a butterfly ballot situation across the country. Mm-hmm. They, they dispensed probably about $3.4 billion worth of funds to buy those machines. Agency's supposed to last three years. Well, guess what? Twelve years later, this agency is still going strong. They're paying over a million dollars worth of rent. Uh, they've been guilty of uh, uh, fraud. Uh, and you name, you, you name it, this has been the most inefficient group that you've seen, and it needs to be eliminated. Well, this past year, I was finally able to get the, uh, the subcommittee in appropriations to zero this agency out, but because we couldn't get a budget on the Senate side, it got some funding through, through the omnibus bill. This year, I'm hoping that'll be an example of, here's something, why would, why would we have this? Let's get rid of this. Mm. And, uh, and you start pinpointing some things that you know you shouldn't be doing, don't need to be doing. And, you know, I know I can't do everything, but I can do something. And let's, let's try to move the ball down the field. That's some money we can, we can use for our veterans, you know, that, that, that. Look, anything we can do to stop spending money we shouldn't. Right. And reprioritize is, is a move in the right direction. Bottom line, we're spending more than we should be spending, and and that's that's something we've got to address. Absolutely. All right, amnesty. Um, most of the country doesn't want this. Um, a very small amount of Americans want amnesty for illegal aliens, and it looks like President Obama is going to take this right off the cliff and do it. Um, give me yeah, your thoughts. Well, what can I, we do? Look, uh, let me let me say this. That Obviously, the president is on a different in a different time zone than I'm in on policy, and I think it's it's clear that what a disaster it will be if the president unilaterally decides to overhaul immigration via executive order. Uh, that's that's the problem we've had. Is this administration that you know? Every president used executive orders. I understand that. Sure. But this president is using executive orders to bypass the constitutional separation of powers of legislative responsibilities. So he's legislating what he can't get passed through the Congress. That's not right. There's a constitutional argument there, but there's a practical problem, too, for the president. If he does this, there will have would have been otherwise opportunities of things that might be good for the country that he would be good with, that the Democrats and Republicans would be good with, but that will send a message from the, the president, I'm not working with anybody. And and not to get into it, 
And that's not even touching on the policy problems that he's going to create by doing this, by basically uh, creating executive amnesty. And that's going to end any chance of any true immigration reform, That some of which would be good for business, and so there's some practical things we could probably do. But here's the, here's the thing. This president has not done what his primary focus should be, which is to secure the border. He has the powers of commander-in-chief to do that. So my view on it is secure the border, enforce the laws we already have, don't go doing things that bypass the legislative process that I believe or you can argue are unconstitutional, and, and let's try to do some things that would be good. The president will end all that with one signature if he decides to do this. And, 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 that's, and that's basically what Speaker Boehner was saying about poisoning the well. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. And that's, that's where the, our leadership is. And they've warned him, don't do this. Uh, and you've seen what McConnell, and more specifically Boehner's language, was very strong on uh, in, encouraging the president not to do this. And it would end any opportunity to, for anybody to work together on, on basically, I think, any issue. Do you believe if he does go ahead with amnesty that the Republicans will take it to the courts? And you know, impeachment is probably not going to happen, but at least challenges in the court of law. I would, uh, I would hope that we would look at that, and uh, you know, we've done that on uh, one specific item on Obamacare uh, that uh, we did last this past uh, year, and and that is certainly an approach that you can take. But this, you know. The president, in effect, created a fourth branch of government through his <laughs> the regulatory agencies, yeah. uh, and, and it's time to rein that in. And that's that's one of the bills too that we have uh, that we passed last year that never got picked up in the Senate, that I believe will now pass. And that is any agency that issues a ruling or regulation that has an impact on, in an industry of more than a hundred million dollars has to get congressional approval for that. Uh, that rule. That's that's the way to keep control of things. It's called the RAINS Act, and I think that's an appropriate uh, acronym uh, for that. Uh, and, and so we're going to have, you know, what I'm doing, a meeting with staff this week on, on legislation that we have tried to push through that we want to continue working on uh, and how we map that out for the, for the future. And uh, so we'll be uh, in lots of meetings uh, this week when I'm back in D.C. What are your thoughts on the president's um, nominee for the for the attorney general? Uh, I I would hope that the uh, that Harry Reid during this length time will let it be properly vetted, and I I know that what we've come through this past time has been a disaster, and hmm. and and obviously it, it starts at the top it, it, with the administration with the president, and that is don't do selective enforcement of the laws of this country and they've done that and in a number of regards the things that they've ignored or failed to enforce uh, and and I don't know enough about this person yet uh, but obviously that would be subject to the Senate and uh, and I think they need to have a very thorough process uh, before any quick steps taken. Okay, let's move to Mississippi. Um, first and foremost, congratulations to you and Senator Thad Cochran on your victories. Um, what what do you, Congressman, what do you have on your radar um, for your constituents in 2015? Well, first of all, uh, we're, we're very thankful and appreciative. You know, you don't do this by yourself, and we, we serve at the will and pleasure of the voters, and we're every, 
not. Uh, and uh, uh, my wife and I were talking uh, Tuesday night and realizing that we hadn't quite served six years, but that was our ninth time on the ballot. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it, you're, you know, three times in 08 and two times every, every year mm-hmm. since. And, uh, and that's just part of, of that. But I, I'm also uh, very pleased that um, Senator Cochran was uh, elected with, with uh, more than 60% of the vote. I think that's good. It's time to kind of move move forward. For us, you know, we're going to continue. Uh, you know, I'm on the Energy and Commerce Committee. That's the committee I wanted to be on and, and I believe that we'll continue on next term. Uh, Mississippi's got a great energy story, and that's at the heart of our economy and the future. You know, we've got the Tuscaloosa Marine Shell down in southwest Mississippi that is a game changer for our state uh, and certainly for uh, those six counties and many other counties are going to see a direct impact, but certainly our state too. And uh, we're also going to look at what are we going to do about our infrastructure needs? You know, what are we going to do about highways mm-hmm. and uh, and bridges? How are we going to get that funding? You know, down in uh, southwest Mississippi around uh, Liberty, well, they need a, a Highway 24 bypass. That's hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, and we need we need an interstate highway that connects the Mississippi Gulf Coast to the capital city. Uh, I know that's not going to be a standalone deal, but but nationally there are a lot of segments of interstate that impact Mississippi, and particularly to the Gulf Coast and also from Meridian to the Alabama capital. You know, they need to finally come up with an interstate rather than Highway 80 connecting the capital cities. So you're going to see things because to get a thriving economy, you got to have a thriving infrastructure. And on a personal level, uh, we're going to continue doing, you know, everything in our power to help those families that are raising children with special needs. That's been the journey we've been on and uh, how we can encourage uh, those families in that regard. We'll continue to look at those issues. That's very good stuff. All right, last thing I got for you. Uh, tomorrow's Veterans Day. You know, I'm a veteran, and I have a nephew that's a Marine in Iraq right now. You have a reputation as being just fantastic with the troops. Give me some closing thoughts for all our veterans tomorrow. Well, first of all, I attended a great veterans uh, breakfast this morning in, in Brandon. They did had a great event there. My daughter actually sang the national anthem. Ah, uh, great. And then uh, I will be speaking uh, tomorrow at uh, the Veterans Day program at Mississippi College with our, our friend and one of my heroes, C.J. Stewart. Mm-hmm. And so we're, uh, we'll continue to do that. And, and you know, uh, I was at Mississippi State University last week where they announced a, uh, a program that was uh, new, never been done before in the country, a partnership announcement between Mississippi